Inside 20, for those who desire to hunt close. Brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia, Big Jim's Bow Company, Gunshy Archery, Vantage Point Archery, Custom Kings Traditional Archery, and Triple T Strings. Inside 20 is a separate entity from our sponsors. The information shared from each podcast are the beliefs of the Inside 20 associates and the guests participating. Tonight's guest is a tenured member of Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia, a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and a very successful traditional bow hunter, Mr. Crispin Henry. Crispin, how you doing tonight, man? I'm great, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I I think you're kind of overstated. I'm not uh an expert or <laughs> <laughs> but uh I have had a little bit of luck. Hey, it, luck's a good thing in, in, in this hobby, isn't it? A little luck yeah. every now and again. <laughs> we all need it. So I want to start us off, um, just kind of dive into it, Crispin. Um, you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, yeah. how long you've been hunting traditional archery? Yeah, so I um uh from an island in the Caribbean. Um moved here in 1978. I was a young kid and uh moved into the metro Atlanta area. Um went to a high school that had um uh archery. Uh, field archery was part of our high school uh, back in eighth grade, and so did that. And then um, sometime around, I guess, 1984-85, I uh, had some buddies that hunted, and and um, and uh, at the time, I think they were hunting with uh, compound bows. And I went to this archery shop, and one of the guys that worked there, a gentleman by the name of Lowell McMullen, um, he saw me in there, and he kind of introduced me to a trad bow and and uh and that's kind of you know I, I shot in the shop at target but uh i didn't i never knew anybody that had ever killed an animal or hunted an animal with a trad bow so uh i never did get into to really discussing a whole lot with him and and you know when you're young uh compound bows are the latest greatest and i went on that journey um hunted with a compound bow for several years and then i stopped when i went into marine corps um, I didn't hunt for, for many years and then I got out, started hunting with a rifle. Um, and then one day, I think it would have been, uh, 2009, a buddy of mine says, you know, um, well, let me go back. So 2009, I'm running, I'm jogging with my wife one morning, uh, near the house. And I look to my left and I see this huge buck. And then she goes, look at the other one next to it. And that was huge. And so I started knocking on doors. I found out that I could hunt in DeKalb County with a bow. And the property owners let me go in and hunt. And I started back hunting, hunting with a compound bow. Uh, did that for a couple years until it got to where it felt like a job. Um, it felt like every time I went in the woods, I, I in order to have a successful hunt, I had to kill something. And I, I lost the enjoyment of it. And uh, in 2012, or end of 2011, I started hunting with a, with a, with a, uh, with a trad bow. Because it, it brought the excitement back, the thrill back. So did just seeing that buck out on your run, was, was that enough to push you to, to pick up a compound? Or had, did you have any experience before that? Yeah. No, no, I, I, no. The 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 uh, look, I started back hunting with a bow uh, when I saw the buck. I was like, oh man, 
you know, because I'd been hunting with a rifle, started about hunting with a bow, but then, um, and that would have been sometime around 2008, 2009. And, and I was pretty successful with a compound, but then it felt like, uh, and I did something called the bow challenge. It was a challenge on GON um, where it was scored. If you shot a buck, you got so many scores. And so you shot two bucks and you got a buck and two those. I think you entered into it. And I was hunting with some guys, some really good guys. But then it felt like a job. I felt like I'm putting all this pressure on me um, to, 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 to kill something every time I went in. And, 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 and that, it became, it became another job. I already had a, a stressful job. I didn't need another stressful job, you know. And at that point, I decided that um, I'm going to hunt with a trad bow. Even if, I don't, even if I don't get anything, I'm hunting with a trad bow because it brought the excitement back. And that's Absolutely. kind of what got me that journey. And then from there, I think I became a better hunter hunting with a trad bow. Um, and, and I will say that um, for me, the learning curve was, uh, it, it was a struggle because I was like, I'm, I'm a farms instructor and, you know, I'm used to having a, a front sight and a rear sight and, and, and lining up the sights, you know. And with going back to a student with a trad bow, I was like, how am I going to do this? I don't have a site, you know? And I, I tried going back and uh, almost target shooting, and that didn't feel natural. Um, and then I got back into, you know, I just practice and practice. And I met the guys from uh, North Georgia Traditional Archery. I showed up there one day. Um, greatest group of people I've ever met. Um, and that kind of started my journey into trad. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy what uh what gets you into traditional hunting. I mean, your story is different than mine and Matt's, but mine was um mine was you know, failure that that really brought me to uh traditional archery. Failure with the compound and, you know, blaming my equipment, which I know now looking back it wasn't my equipment obviously. Um but that's what got me here and it's it's interesting to see and listen hear what brings people to traditional archery. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, I've, I've always, I, I like a challenge <laughs> and, but it, again, a compound and that's not to say I was always successful with a compound, but I just felt I, I lost the excitement, you know, even, uh, and I, I, I put this on Dendi, but, uh, what made it real for me this year, what made it really exciting was hunting off the ground. I decided Hunting from a stand, I just I, I started not getting, you know, getting the uh, getting my adrenaline pumped up and getting the shakes. Um, oh from oh a yeah, Dendy's a ground hunter for sure. He was talking about yeah. his uh, his pack seat and how much success he's had out of it uh, the other day. Yeah. So yeah, we we yeah. know all about Dendy's ground hunting. He says that's the only way yeah. to do it. Yeah, and and you know, watching Robert Carter and some of the other guys, and I said, you know, and that brought that 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 brought that adrenaline pump back to me. Just, just being that close to an animal. And, and so, you know, I, I think as a, as a, anybody that goes into it, you'll see, you know, I started out with a recurve and I went from a recurve to a reflex deflex. Um, I shot a um, Steve Angel. Uh, he was hunting with a longbow at one of the, one of the uh, trad shoots. And I shot that thing and I didn't know how to hold it. And my teeth started rattling. I almost <laughs> have to have my jaw kind of go to a chiropractor and have him readjust my jaw. And I'm like, why the heck would anybody shoot one of these? But then it was a challenge and I got sucked into that challenge and now I can't put them down, you know? 
Yeah, it's um, once you pick it up, it's hard to put it down. I haven't heard of too many guys that put it down after after picking up a, a trad bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's kind of that was a little bit of my journey, kind of how I got started. Um, like I said, it was it was uh, a little bit of I needed I ne- I felt I needed a little bit of a challenge um, to get my adrenaline pump, and 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 for me it it changed. Like I wasn't basing my success on whether I took an animal home. And I've matured over the years as a hunter to where that's not my end goal. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't determine a successful hunt. Absolutely. It really sharpens your woodsmanship being out there. Um, just because of, you know, kind of how you have to hunt. Uh, you got to get really close. And, man, uh, a lot of failures will will get you in closer to these animals. And it's true because I'm, I was a lousy hunter for a long time. I'm still not the best, but... Um, I have definitely, definitely gotten a lot better just oh, yeah. because I've been oh, yeah. forced to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you realizing from your failures on what you, where you messed up and how to change it, you know, and, and what to do, what to right. do different. And that's where I've learned. And then golly, man, it, it's, it's the, one of the good things with, you know, social media is there are so many great hunters out there. I mean, you guys have had, some really good people, Robert Carter, Bendy, uh, Jerry Russell, you know, you guys have had really good guys on there, um, you know, telling their story. Those, those are guys that I look up to, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll chat. Likewise. Uh, those are guys that I look up to and I learn a lot from, you know? Yep. They're definitely field tested. That's for sure. You know, so yeah, yeah. So that, that, that was kind of what got me, um, you know, and again, initially started with, was trying to do something a little bit different. And, and I had friends that said, Oh, you'll never kill. You're never going to get in the kill an animal with a, with a trad bow. Who does that? You know? Um, and, uh, and I've seen guy, guys going up there shooting with a, you know, with a primitive self bow and such. And I was like, oh. and, and I think one of the things was there was a, uh, uh, a website, uh, a website trad gang. Mm-hmm. And I went through this. And it, it was—it's been years, but it was—it showed everybody, the people that taken web, taken uh, animals with, with, with trad bows. I'm like, if they can do that, I don't need a 70, 80 pound compound, <laughs> you know. And right, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. so exciting. It's um, crazy. You can you can drop a moose with a, basically a splinter, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and you it, talked again, about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, it just, it makes you, you know, I, I think it makes you a better hunter. It makes you a better hunter. Sure does. Know? It sure does. So you've talked about Dendy and Jerry Russell and Robert Carter, all great hunters. Um, who else would you attribute um, your success to? Uh, any any mentors that stick out? Because I know I've had Man. a lot of mentors through my journey. Yeah. Al Chapman, I call him my sensei. Great guy. Not only, not only a life coach, but a phenomenal hunter. And and I learned so much from Al. Um, you know, I, I think Al has brought so many people into into trad. Um, he would open up his he opens up his home to you. He comes in there and he just and he will, you know, Al picks your brain, finds out what it is, why it is you're doing what you're doing, and he just he mentors you like almost nobody. You know, nobody else does as far as in the traditional community. Al is a, 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 and he's a phenomenal man, you know? Yes, he is. He, you know, strong faith. And 
So Al kind of really helped me. And Al, no, I will say he ruined me because prior to Al, I had never hunted turkey. And I went and did my first hunt with Al, and I was hooked. Al Chapman hooked me for that, and I and I and I think he ruined me because I, I you know, my wife doesn't appreciate it, <laughs> you know, right? Being gone chasing turkey, but but Al got me started in turkey hunting. For anybody you know? that doesn't know Al, he he hunts with a a primitive bow, and he is a a great guy and an absolute killer in the woods. I mean, he's he is. He, he's he is. a hunter. He's a hunter for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure Al told you he took the Georgia Big Five with a trad bow, and he took it. He took this last. Uh, I think this last animal was a bear last year. Was it last year? I think it was um, with with a stone point and a primitive bow and a river cane arrow. Yeah, Matt and I were trying to figure out exactly how he he killed that alligator because it was so wild to us that he he did that <laughs> with with you know primitive weapons. I mean, we were we were sitting here just like, okay, so. So how did that happen again? Like, what did what did the point look like? And he was just kind of like, just repeating himself. Just we couldn't we couldn't fathom it. But you know, Al did it. Yeah. So that is a that's a great mentor for you to have. You know, I really respect yeah. Al. Yeah, and, and you know, Al helped me with. Like I said, most of us when we get into trad, we you know, I will say, but I will speak for myself. I got into trad and I was, you know, just consumed with it. And Al helped help me get balance you know um like i said he's, he's kind of a lot like a light coach he kind of he kind of said you know he helped me help me just kind of put a put balance or recognize because i was so consumed with it you know uh, and get that balance back which, which I'm, I'm forever grateful for him you know for that that's that's very important and it's something me and matt uh or matt and i we deal with every day because you know we've got young families i have a one-year-old son and he's got a I think she's a four-year-old daughter. So it's yeah. something that's it's something that's tough. That balance, you definitely have to work at it, especially if you want to keep a happy wife and you know it, a good work-life balance. You, there you go. And and my, my wife's great. She doesn't uh, she doesn't she understands, you know. And so when it's non-hunting season, she can do whatever whatever she needs to do, whatever trip she needs to go on, whatever. You know, she does that, and it's just during hunting season. Um, and I think urban hunting helps it. It's it, it's because I can, you know, in, later in the fall I can come home, hit the woods, and be back to the house in time for dinner. And so, whereas before I'd be gone for you know two or three days, right? Um, so that 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 does make it easier. She understands. So I'm, so I'm forever grateful. Also, it's very important. So when you talk about urban hunting. Do you mean mm -hmm. like you're seeing you're seeing the highway and um, you're picking small parcels of land and you know you hear people barbecuing in their backyard? Is is that the type of yeah. urban hunting you're doing? That's urban hunting, and and some it's difficult for some people if you're not used to it. But at some point, you can sometimes drown all that out. I, I don't hear it, you know. Now I have had instances where a hunt was ruined because. Uh, you know, somebody's walking their dog and decides to walk through the, the parcel that I'm on, you know? Right. And at that point, you just say, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just pack it in, you know, I, I, and I'm appreciative of it. Um, so so it, it does, you, you almost have to uh, prepare yourself for it if you're hunting. But in the urban area, 
there's just so many little lots that are, you know, that they're, they're daring, especially floodplains. Um, so one of the techniques that I started doing was, um, and I don't mind saying this, I would go to some of the local churches. Um, I would look, you know, as I'm driving by, I look on Onyx or I look on Google Maps and, you know, I, I see, you know, five acres, two and a half acres. And if there's, if there's a woodlot, there are animals on it. Mm-hmm. And so I would just go, go to the church, talk to the pastor, ask if I could have permission to walk on it, and I'd scout it and look for signs. And if I saw a good sign, then, you know, I would, you know, obviously get permission to hunt it. And so I've been fortunate that doing that. However, over the last 10 years, it has exploded. And there are people coming from all over, all over different parts of Georgia. I mean, at, at one point, Atlanta, you know, the metro Atlanta area was one of the main hubs. Now, you know, Athens Park has it, Savannah Chatham and, and some of the other uh, bigger cities. But um, everybody came up here. And so it's, it's, it's become tough because you have people, you know, poaching. Um, and so it's, it's becoming a little bit harder. And, and also you have areas where, like when I would go in, I was always aware of trying to, being aware that there are people who don't like hunting. So if a property owner gave me permission to be on there, the next door neighbor might not like hunters. So I wouldn't parade around in camo and so forth, you know? Um, I got it from Dandy. I wear plaid, plaid and a pair of khaki pants, and I can go in there and, and you're somewhat discreet. Um, and if I got to get a deer out, I would bring it out at dark and I, I, you know, cover the deer up as I'm transporting it out. So it's not anybody, you know, because again, all it takes in some of these municipalities is for some squeaky wheel to go to the city council or go to the county commissioners and that can, you know, ruin a hunt, ruin, ruin opportunities for anybody else. Right. And for yourself, you know? Yeah. I think that's happened up in Atlanta where it's um, really getting publicized that there's big deer. I think, um, I think people that don't like hunting are, are speaking out. I've seen things on Facebook that's pointing to that. So it's unfortunate, but. Yeah. In in my neighborhood is one of those, you know? Um, and you know, so so it's it made it extremely difficult. I don't, I don't. I've got a couple of places where I hunt now, and I hang on to those, but I haven't knocked on doors in several years just because, you know. I mean, all they can say is no, but it just, it just. Uh, there, there are a lot of people that don't like it. They don't understand it. They don't yeah. understand that if you if you go back statistically and look, most bull hunters are not hurting. Have not hurt anybody with a with an arrow. Or shot an arrow, they might have fallen out of a tree, but it wasn't specifically to somebody shooting somebody right. with an arrow, right? Only shooting somebody with an arrow, and so, but, but that's not what you know. A non, a non hunter doesn't understand that, right? You know? And the aspect of this guy's climbing a tree in my backyard. Uh, what's he going to do when he falls out of there? What's, you know, that's yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. I mean, it's rightly so. It'd be on my mind, also. Yeah. 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 So um, but, you've hunted you've hunted in rural areas and you've hunted in the suburbs. How yeah. do those deer how do they act? What's the differences between those those two animals? I mean, they've got to be different. It, so I'll tell you, I think sometimes you can get away with some 
they're interesting in that, just like, you know, even in a rural area, if you keep moving, the deer is used to the homeowner being in their yard. When that homeowner breaks the threshold and goes into the wood lines where he not normally is, the deer's sense are heightened. Um, but I do think that sometimes you can get away with um, some sense, but they're still aware that, that this scent doesn't belong here. You know, and, and, and so... So there's one area that I know, um, and it's about 500 acres that I have access to in 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 the county. Um, and if you happen to drive in, the deer could be 200 yards away from you, and if you stop your vehicle, they're out of there, and they they're they're two three hundred yards away, and nobody's shooting firearms at them. So I, you know, and, and similar to there in a rural area, if you don't, if you look like a predator, they're gonna act like prey. You know, yeah, makes sense. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So, um, but I, I do think you get away. You, you can sometimes get away with scent, but they, I mean, they they know they recognize what should be where it is. Um, right. And you know, um, so I, I I don't know how to answer that because I've I've had them alert, um, and I play the win. I hunt the win. I'm not going to go in there. You know. Um, but I've had I've had friends who've gone in, and the deer get within you know fifty yards of them, and they bug out. You know, um, in in an urban area. Right, that happens a lot, and you know, out here in these rural areas, you know, because yeah, these deer they you know they smell something. They nope, that's not supposed to be here. Of course, like the like hunting in an urban area too. So yeah, yeah, I mean it's. You know, um, but, you know, the big bucks, that's how they become big, right? The, 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 and, and they don't have the pressure. You don't have gun hunters shooting them. So I think that's what's bringing bring a lot of people into the urban area. It's just that deer don't have the same pressure and they get to grow. You know? Right. Uh, that's exactly right. And, and I, it, you know, I think if a homeowner shooting them out of their kitchen window, in their yard because the deer will walk through i have i have big ones walk through my yard i've got a big big tree and they come through but you know they they i'm not hunting them you know but if you go into that wood line i think that changes they you don't belong there and they sense that you know i'll say another big difference that i've experienced is personally like hunting in certain urban areas is that i don't think deer oftentimes are seen as many people up in a tree and so I don't mm -hmm. catch deer uh, as oftentimes looking up as I do in some areas that are I know are heavily hunted around me in other properties. And if they do look yep. up, sometimes they'll second guess themselves. Whereas in these areas that are highly pressured, they look up, it seems like one time and you can be sitting down and, and really got good cover behind you and they start you know, head bobbing and stomping and they just, it's all it takes. They may not smell you or anything, but that one time and they're out of there. You're just like, oh my goodness, that, what is going on? That is, that's a very good point. Yeah. They're not looking up. They have not. They have, there's no threat other than a car or somebody's dog. You know. That's exactly um, right. So no, that, that is a good point. But but yeah, it's uh um that that would probably be the if if there was one that would be it because I don't I don't get busted a whole lot not not from them looking up at me. You know. So you talked about you talked about hunting uh, turkeys with Al. Um, 
what are some of your what are you some of your turkey hunting tactics with the stick bow? Because I know I, I took the stick bow in the woods this year and I didn't have much uh, much success uh, turkey hunting. So, uh, I, I I've had success with a I've had success once without a blind. Um, I've been busted I don't know how many times without a blind, and so. Uh, uh, every time I've, I've had it with a blind, most, most, most of my successes come with a blind. Um, one of the things I learned from Al was not calling too much. You know, when I first got out there, I just wanted to hear that gobble. I wanted to hear that gobble. And so, um, you call, they know where you are. They're going to come in, you know, you don't have to work it, but, um, that, that would be for me is, was just not calling too much. I had to, I had that, I had to, you know, almost tie my hands together. Or throw my call out, you know. Um, but hunting without a blind, that is, you're going to get busted. They're going to see movement, you know. I, the one that I shot without a blind, um, they, they, it came down into the field. I was hunting from in, inside the wood line, looking out a little privet window. And I had a decoy, and the decoy was facing towards me. And I had two, two jakes come in. Um, I heard him gobbling. I had two jakes come in, and when one of the jakes turned to to face my decoy, I did that Texas right up the chute with it. Um, if it wasn't for the string tracker that Jerry Russell had suggested that I use, I would never have found that bird. Um, after I shot it, it wasn't the best shot, but that bird took off and and ran, and and I waited about a. You know, I waited until the strings dropped, waited a couple of minutes because two more birds were coming in. Um, they bugged out. Um, and uh, and then I went to track and that dang thing was still alive. I put another arrow into it and it still took off and got flight, headed towards the river and then went and crashed. And that's when I was able to track it. But but if it wasn't for the string tracker, I would never have found it. I'm also an advocate for the string tracker when it comes to turkeys. I can't tell you how many times I would have probably lost a bird just from a lack of sign or not seeing the bird go down because they, they don't bleed very well. And I had one particular hunt that was, was pretty nuts. I shot this bird, felt like I made a really good shot. The bird took off, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And then finally the string stopped and started tracking it and followed this bird i guarantee it was all of 200 yards and got finally to the end of the string and the arrow had pulled out of the bird and so at that point you know you're just you're just you're sick to your stomach and there's no sign of the bird and luckily where i was at on this property the woods were uh pretty open for some some pine trees where we're at where the arrow had fallen out and then kept walking until we got to a thicket as far as you could walk and of course you know at that point just natural uh, action is just a stop and i turned around and looked and that bird was laying right there next to this tree right on the edge of that perivet but i would have never walked that direction would have never gone that far i don't think i would have that same day at least and found that bird if it went for the string tracker yeah I, I had the same thing i shot one it flew about 200 yards across the field into the and, and landed right at the tree line and i went and there there it was if, if it was not for that and i've, I've lost the bird like that I've lost a bird where the arrow went through and the line broke and never found it. Wow. You know, that's, that's a, that's a, a gut eating feeling. It you is know, bad. Just like air. That's a, that's a, that's a gut eating feeling. 
you know. Um, but yeah, the spring tracker was the number one. And like I said, I, 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 hunting without a blind is fun. I know some D Stevens. I don't know if you guys are familiar with D. D D's pretty successful without a blind. Um, but I, I've, I've, I've been busted more times um, without that blind. It's just, it's just difficult. It's difficult. It's, and, it's really hard. Yeah, and and where I hunt is actually in the county, and so I'm I'm li- I can't really do a lot of running gunning with it, you know, doing that. So I'm kind of limited, um, but it just makes it really really hard without a blind. And so I I've 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 reserved myself to hunting with a blind. <laughs> it <laughs> you is. Know? It's tough. It's nice being mobile and being able to get around, and but it is. It's really hard. It's hard without a blind. I've tried it uh, multiple times. I said this year that if I went. Or when I did go, that I would be without a blind, and I did that. But I unfortunately, just with with life and seasons, as we know, I, I didn't have much time to go. I only went like four times, I believe, all year. Uh, there was a, a a quote that Dindy said one time that has always stuck with me, and he said, "An Indian can kill a deer with a bow, but it takes a chief to kill a turkey with a bow." But I think there's a two part to that, to where it takes a chief without a blind to kill a turkey. That's how it should yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, I, I, I've been busted more times um, without that dang blind. That, and I, I'll tell you this: uh, the last couple of years, the last, my last two years, I've been skunked. I, I couldn't. I'm hunting in the blind, but uh, using a decoy for whatever reason, man, the, the decoys have been messing me up the last couple of years. Um, and this year, the numbers have really dwindled. Um, over the last couple of years, you know, when I first started hunting turkey, I think that was 2015, 14 or 15, um, I would see flocks, you know, 10 birds, 20 birds. And this year I saw still like four birds. Wow. That was it. It's I don't know what's happening on the property. going on. I just it's disappointing. not seeing it back. Yeah. That's, it's been, the, the that's been a trend lately. You're not the first person to say that, so it's uh, it's not just you; it's all of us. It's been kind of, kind of lousy for for most. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just not having a whole lot of luck. But that, if, if there's anything I'd rather chase, uh, I, I enjoy. I, I love the interactive with turkey. Um, I, I've never elk hunted, um, but I can imagine similar. You know, calling them in and being interactive with them um hog hunting is fun too but but there's something about hunting hunting turkey is a lot it's a blast you know it is a blast it's a lot of fun now crispin it's true that you have a meat allergy that you have not had your entire life that you've gotten later in life uh due to a tick bite and i'm sure you're not the only person that has experienced that i I believe i know two other people in my personal circle that have the same exact allergy which is devastating for anybody that likes to eat meat and as an outdoorsman that's just part of the like that's part of the area right that we all live in and and love to be is if if i am i able to harvest it then i want to be able to bring it home and prepare it for myself or maybe for my family too and so you you're not able to do that so tell us how how are you now defining success because of this because this probably changes the narrative of animals you choose to harvest right at certain points of the time of the year it does. So I got the, the Lone Star tick. I remember the bite. I remember I, I just didn't pay attention to the bullseye wound. Um, 2000, uh, I think I got 
fit 2009, 2010, um, identified the allergy in 2013, and, uh, and, you know, therefore can't eat meat. But for me, what's a successful hunt is oftentimes being able to, feeling like I'm being able to outwit the animal. Even if I don't shoot that animal, being able to outwit that animal. And, and, and that, and, and even, you know, I might even get back and the animal comes back and I draw back and I let back down and let it walk. Um, I do enjoy hunting. And, and so therefore I, I, I'm not going to give that up. Um, and I, I donate my meat. Um, anything that I get, I donate it because I, I do enjoy hunting, but I don't, I, you know, and, and even for me now, it's not even, you know, when I first got out, I was chasing horns. Inside 20 is brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia. Head on over to tradbowga.com for more information. And by Big Jim Bow Company, the place for custom bows, handmade leather goods, and much more to meet your traditional archery needs. Check them out at bigjimbowcompany.com. Gunshy Archery, the perfect custom-made quiver for both two- and three-blade broadheads. Check them out at gunshyarchery.com. VPA Broadheads, precision machined one-piece broadheads, two and three blade mode is available. Check them out at vparchery.com. Custom King Archery, the best price on the best traditional archery products since 1972. Check them out at customkingarchery.com. Triple T Strings, created champion level Flemish and endless strings for hunters and target shooters using the best materials. Check them out at TTT Strings on Facebook. Um, a successful hunt is is outwitting that animal. You know, being, like I said, hunting off the ground and having that animal walk within 20 yards of you and not know you were there. That is success for me. You know, um, my, my most memorable hunt was a deer. It was a hunt that I never, I, 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 I didn't harvest anything. Uh, a buck came in. Um, I was hunting uh, uh, on a on a river bottom, on a creek bottom, and uh, this buck came down. And he came down to the creek. He drank. He he fed a bit, but for whatever reason, it was it was in, in the evening, so my scent was dropping, and it started running along the water. And that buck walked either side. I mean, he walked you know left side of the bank, the right side of the bank, and came right back. And then turn around and walk back the way he came, and that to me was my most memorable and successful hunt. I mean, it wasn't a successful hunt, but it was my most memorable hunt. Um, this year was a was a doe that thought she was going to outwit me, and and, and nanny does to me are some of the smartest animals out there. You know, exactly right. I would agree with that. But, but yeah, it, it it does change. Um, the success is not anymore. It's, it's, for me, it's not necessarily harvesting the animal. It's, 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 it's taking in everything, watching the animals interact, um, and being able to outwit them. That, that's, you know, and even if I don't, even if I don't shoot the animal, that's what's, you know, successful for me now. Well, I think that even though that happened to you, and I know that it is, it is not a convenient uh, thing to to have to go through in life and, and you're stuck with it 
as of now, the rest of your life, unless there's a cure. But I think in a positive light, uh, anybody that hears this and, and can learn from your your experience and the way that it's changed your perspective, that you measuring success off of how many harvests you've had during the year or actually getting a shot, successful shot off and, and recovering that animal is is not necessarily the the only way or the best way necessarily to uh, to measure success especially when you're, you're challenging yourself with a traditional bow, right? Yeah. 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 I, I think that, that if, if, you know, if the matrix becomes harvesting, you know, keeping up with the next person that like he, he shot six, so I've got to shoot six. Then you'll, you'll often find yourself not necessarily measuring up. Um, and then, and then it becomes, again, like I said before, it becomes a job. So it's, it's about going out there, you know, almost communing with nature. You know, and almost feel like you can outwit the animal. That's that's what I measure. It. You know, can I get that? Can I get close to that animal? Have that animal get close to me and not know I'm there? And that's true. and I that's a that's a successful hunt. I don't base it on an animal having to, to having to kill an animal. Everybody's different, but that that for me uh, was was I, I I I you know I had to um, because for me the work begins once I shoot one. And even to, to the point to where if I shoot one and start to harvest it, because of the allergy, it will, my eyes will swell up. Just just dressing the deer out, my eyes will start to swell, just handling the animal. So I wow. have to kind of change it. And, and you know, if um, so, yeah, so I don't I don't always uh, um, feel I have to take something home, you know. Well, I love that you've turned something that somebody might see as a hindrance or uh just a a big challenge to have to navigate and you've turned it into something that's positive and wise in the way that you you look at your time spent in the woods yeah 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 um yeah i i you know it, it's once you shoot when the work begins right the shooting the shooting is the easy part you know um and and hunting urban hunting and now in atlanta traffic is so bad that Unless you are going to, are you unless you're going to quarter it up at home, and and process at home, you know it's a, to get to a cooler. Like for me, the closest cooler is down in McDonough. So if I shoot one here, it's almost an hour drive to get it to the cooler, and an hour drive back home in traffic, or it could be two hours. Wow. You know, so I, I yeah, I, it's, I can't measure it in taking an animal every time. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So now, somebody like that hmm? uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Somebody like you that is a great shot, I would say. I, I've seen you shoot in 3D competitions. I, I've heard uh, you know people talk about the way that you shoot, and you're obviously a good shot enough to be successful in the woods. What is your average ideal distance that you're shooting at game? My Average distance is 11 to inside of 15 yards. I think my percentages are higher. Have I taken shots longer than that? I have. Um, I've been successful on some. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, 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 earlier on, I let some of the better, uh, I made some bad choices. Um, you know, we practice, we all practice at 20 and 25 yards. Um, but so much can happen and, 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 you know, trad bow is moving a whole lot slower than a compound bow. Um, and that animal's re reacting to sound and so much can change. Um, and like Robert Carter says, 
if you keep them close, your percentages are going to be higher on harvesting an animal. And so, so I, I, I try that, that, you know, 10 to, 10 to 15 yards. And, and 10 yards is where I would rather be. 10 to 11 yards, my average. Um, That's great. It, it's, it's hard enough hunting with a trad bow. But if you can stick within that distance, and that's that's it's, it's all about getting close, right? That's why we hunt with a trad bow, right? You know? And so for, for me, that's my distance. I feel I feel more confident in that distance. Um, that's not to say I haven't missed one at, at ten yards, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, a lot of guys can pick um, pick the block of woods they want to hunt in. Some have to pick a group of trees that they have to. That they can get a shot in. You know, I feel like with traditional archery, you have to pick the absolute best tree. It's it's a singular tree, uh, maybe two if you're if you're really lucky in a in a prime spot to put you in the position where your odds are increased and and yeah. that's kind of the game you have to play. And uh, it 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 takes some it takes some time because you climb up in a tree. You're like, man, I, it would be so much better over there. I'd be yeah. I'd be five yards closer over there. I think those deer are going to come out there. So that's really a, a fun part of the cat and mouse game that you have to play with, yeah. with these deer. Yeah. Yeah. And with urban hunting, because you want, you, you, you definitely don't want that deer to run. I mean, if it's another property owner might be a hundred yards away, 50 yards away. So you want to raise your, your, your percentage of a, of a, of a, of a lethal shot um, to drop that animal as close as possible. To where you are um yeah you know, some of the places i mean some of the places i hunt you know um if that deer runs 100 yards he's on somebody else's property and and then that becomes a little bit of a headache to, to get permission from and i know some of the property owners here will not let you on their property they've posted that if, if you shoot an animal you call dnr out but all dnr can do is ask him for you to recover the animal and they say no and that's it so I, the, the, the closer shots, you have a better chance for a higher percentage uh, kill. Um, yeah, that's and good. So I, um, yeah, I mean, I think when I, when, I, when I first got in, I made some bad shots. I made, you know, um, you're practicing at, at 20, 25 yards and you're hitting. Um, and you're like, oh, I've got this shot. And then you hit that shot and now you got to track. You're spending all night tracking, you know. Um, or you, you know, I mean, we've all had those. We've all had those shots that weren't weren't the best. Yeah, uh, I called Matt out. So. I've called Matt out on an occasion to help me track a deer. <laughs> it uh, it happens. Yeah, yeah, we've you all know, been so, there. Yeah, so I mean, if you can if you can keep them closer, you have a better chance on having a high a high percentage lethal shot on the animal. You know. Yeah, that's good. So I that, think it's important. For people to hear that, especially people that um, you know are transitioning from something like a compound or a rifle, uh, or they just expect, hey, I can shoot uh, the same you know, method or same distance at a 3D target or a piece of hay or in the yard as I can at a deer. It's just it's a different ball game when you, when you get a heartbeat and something you're shooting at. Yeah, you get a heartbeat, and they can yeah, react. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I shoot a, a hill style bow, ASL. And I'm I'm lucky maybe if I'm even getting 160 feet per second, you know. Well, sounds traveling what 1500 feet per second. <laughs> the animal's gonna hear it, you know. He's gonna react. That's what they do. Yeah, they're um, not gonna be in so, the same place as they were they when, when you let quick. that shot go. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's and it's different too. Between twenty and ten yards, the animal and what you, your eyes can pick up, and just the nervousness that you feel. It's it is it's like being at twenty yards versus a hundred yards, right? And and harvesting an animal, it it just feels different. Anything ten yards, five yards, anything close like that, it's it just is a different narrative in that moment. It is. It is. And, and the thing is, uh, you know, again, look, you look at those guys that are very successful uh, and, and you talk to, you know, Al and Dendy and all those guys, they're shooting up, they're shooting closer distance for a reason. Uh, I'm sure if you talk to any of those guys, most of their shots are inside of that 15 yard range, you know, just because they, they know what's successful, the higher, higher percentage chances are. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. I, I've, I've it took me a little while, but but I've learned that, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I remember um, my first there there I shot with a trad bow. Um, golly, I must have shot over that damn thing. I think like three arrows over that thing or two arrows over that thing. I'm like, I mean, my, my first two times going, I'm shooting over the deer. And so uh, Robert Carter has a sticky on um, on GON forum, how to shoot a deer. And for my first couple of years, opening, I would read that and have that in my head like a mantra on my head, you know. And I, I was like, you know, I'm almost aiming to shoot under the deer to have the deer drop in, drop into it, you know. And you pick them close, they're gonna they're gonna react to it. They're gonna react into sound, period. And so there's a you 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 shoot them you shoot them under them and they're close, you're gonna harvest them. And, That's it. Um, you know, the success kind of went up there. Yeah, it's great advice of taking that same advice and it works good looking at a leaf or a pine cone or a blade of grass that's right there under that that spot you're wanting to shoot at. And it, uh, yep. it makes a difference. Uh, even, if, yep. even if you don't hit that spot, you shoot a little bit high and they're going to squat into it, like you said, nine times right. out of ten. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and so when they're, when they're ten, within, within, you know, ten, twelve yards, they're going to hear it. You know, you're not, you're not gonna beat their ears, and so you 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 you'll end up being more successful that way. Yeah, great advice. You know? Yeah, I want to switch gears real quick because we do enjoy uh, staying in shape, exercising, trying to just to to make sure that we're of we're at the right spot that we need to be in for an opportunity, whether that's dragging an animal out of the woods or just. You know, just staying in, in good shape so that we can do this hopefully a long time like warren womack and al chapman and some of these guys that um have have been able to physically continue to draw their bow back climb a tree walk in the woods drag a deer or an animal out of the woods so is there anything that that you do uh from an exercise standpoint to like stay in shape or get prepared for hunting season or any type of like things routines that you you try to stay your your best self physically going year to year yeah so so you know i'm 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 not as old as most but i'm i'm a lot older than you guys right um so i go to the gym um my, my, i say my wife drags me but we're in the gym 5 30 i was in there 5 30 this morning work up from 5 30 to a quarter to seven and then in the evenings i generally swim so this this afternoon i swam almost two miles but i got home from work wow. and so that's out and uh and then uh, over the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of backpacking. So that is, and walking, you don't have to, I mean, what, whatever works, but just get your body in movement. You know, um, I, I uh, gave up sugar 
I got away from sugar. That stuff's so bad. And that's helped my endurance a lot. And, and giving that up and, and just regular getting my body moving, you know, exercise. Uh, I know a lot of guys, you know, matter of fact, if you're going to go, 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 go scout, walk the woods, you know, um, get your heart, get your heart, your lungs, you know, get your heart pumping and get some oxygen into your lungs. And that's the, that's, you know, that's the best advice I'll tell anybody. If you want to keep doing this along, you got to, you got to get up there and exercise. And, and you don't realize and you don't have to run, walk. You don't realize it, um, how out of shape you are until you have to drag a deer out of the woods. That will really yeah. put it in perspective. Like, hey, <laughs> I need to get back and get my cardio game right because this ain't this ain't working. I know that happened last year, and uh, I helped the buddy drag a deer out, and we were both huffing and puffing. And I was like, man, something's got to give. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, it, you get it in in the off season. You know, summer, we're not hunting. Go scout. Scout or just walk. Just I tell anybody, you don't have to run. A lot of people think you've got to run. Get up there and walk. You know, um, get your heart get your heart pumping. And and that that's, you know, some of the guys, I know a lot of the guys down south, they hunt, they're hunting pigs. You know, so they're out, they're out walking. So it's just getting that exercise. But for me, I, I, uh, I go to the go to the gym and then I swim, you know, and that kind of keeps me in 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 somewhat decent shape. That's great. During, well, you are in good during, shape. Yeah, during hunting season, it would get bad. I I wasn't, you know, I'd get off work, I go sit in the tree, um, and I wasn't this this last year. I was not getting all the exercise I needed, in. and so I started back saying, okay, I'm, I've got to do this, and so I'm doing that. I've got to hunt in. Um, in the Blackwater schedule for uh, later this year. So I'm trying to get as much shape in, in get in shape as, as much as I can now in preparation for that. It's hard. There's different seasons that you go through. And like you said, during deer season, it's definitely tough, especially when the days start getting shorter and you got a, a bucket full of things to do when you're not in the woods or you're not partaking in and things hobby wise outside of you, maybe even family that takes up a lot of time. But I think what you said is, is important is just getting, getting into the woods or walking or staying active and keeping your body moving. I know if you live in the South, it doesn't take much to, to burn some calories. All you gotta do is go outside and walk around for about, uh, about 30, 30 seconds. And then you've burned a lot of, a lot of calories just from the summer heat, yeah. especially the time yeah. of year we're getting into right now. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of guys are wanting to go back and they're, you know, going to mountains and, and doing, um, you know, uh, the backcountry hunt. And and the only way you're going to do that is you got to get out there and exercise, you know, go up the, walk, walk the four service roads in the mountains. Um, and so that's what we've done. I mean, like I said, I've done a lot of backpacking. So a lot of times it was just going out there and, and backpacking has kind of helped me. In, in doing that but you you've got to have exercise as a part of the as part of your regiment um yes very not true just for hunting, not just you know for life that's right you know? for life so along with the physical toughness and staying in shape what do you do from a mental toughness is there anything that you do specifically for yourself when you either you have a bad hunt or you've had a tough day what what are some pr best practices you do to try to recover from that or stay in like a positive, motivated mindset? So for me, um, 
uh, and I, I didn't tell you what I do, but uh, I'm, I'm in law enforcement and I work cold case. And uh, for me, what hunting, hunt, hunting for me or backpacking for me is that time I can just relax and reflect. And so for me, I get that there's, there's no such, for me, there's no bad hunt. The mere fact that I'm able to get and go out there and get in that stand and sit, that's kind of where, that's kind of almost a meditative state that I get in when I go there. And so I don't have these expectations. I, I don't, I don't say I have a bad hunt. It, 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 it was, I enjoy, even if, if I miss an animal, um, you know, if, if the, 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 I guess, if there was bad things, if I wounded an animal, would be bad. But but any hunt I go on is a good hunt. The fact that I'm able to do it, I I'm, I'm appreciative, and I thank God for giving me that ability and the opportunity to go out. You know, one of the things first thing I go into stand, I always say a prayer, and 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 consider myself blessed for being able to to do this, because I recognize there are a lot of people who cannot. Um, mm. And and that's I guess that that for me is what keeps me positive about it. You know, is mm. is just being appreciative to have that opportunity because there's so many people that don't have that opportunity to 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 uh, to, to to sit down and reflect or have an opportunity to go hunt or have an opportunity to to witness nature. You know, um, kind of office. It's uh, it, you know, it, it's I I tell people that if if you don't have a belief. Uh, in God or creation, when, you know, when you go in the woods in dark and you and you hear the earth breathe, and all of a sudden you have this the, the animal, everything starts moving. It's almost as if the earth is waking up. And and I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but right before dusk, there's a period of seconds where this absence, this, this absence of noise, it's just silent. Have you ever witnessed that? Experienced that? I have yes it is yeah it, it first weird. it is it's very it's at first it's uh it's it's very strange especially for somebody who has has probably not been in the woods and experienced that but it's it is peaceful in a way that especially if you're in an area that is is pretty rural and you're not having road or any type of like human noise outside of that it is yeah it's a it's a time that you can reflect and be in thought and prayer uh, better than at any point during your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so th- that's what that's what does that for me. It, it gives me an opportunity. So, so when I go into the, when I walk on a hunt, when I go in the woods, that's where I kind of get the chance to meditate. Um, oftentimes I'm reflecting on my day. I'm reflecting on my family. I'm reflecting on life. Uh, those people who have an influence on me, and 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 it and it's positive. I, you know, every interaction I have with anybody, I take something positive from that. And so being able to do that creates, I guess, gives me my mental toughness, I guess, you know, mm. it's um, moving, just being it's motivating, to... it's motivating, yeah. Crispin, it really is. And I think that we can all learn something from what you just shared and how we approach not just our hunting and our career and in the woods, but our everyday life and how we show up in our relationships and at home, uh, and just as a, uh, a person of today's society. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I think going back to it, when, when we, 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 we put these expectations, uh, as it relies, relates to hunting, we put these expectations that my hunt's not successful unless I kill something. When you put that heavy expectation on you, 
and you don't kill something, then you it, it, it's just weighing on you. But it wasn't successful, and you're beating yourself up, you know. And so I, I just it's it's an opportunity for me. I go, I get to sit, I get to reflect, and and for me, it's a meditative sense. And I think that's what's changed for me over the years, is that when I go, I, I every any opportunity I have is a great opportunity. I make I'm I'm I'm, I'm I feel blessed that I'm able to do it. Mm, and so and I true. Go over, up with 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 expectations mm, you know it's true i've been there i've been there it is it's affected uh how i show up and and just uh my my work and my relationships my relationship with my family and my spouse and it, it consumes you and and not a uh in a good way i think that there's there's good things that come from failure and the consuming thought of getting over that hurdle and finding success, I think that's good. That competitive spirit is great, but I think in the way that you, you just stated, something that is supposed to be meditative, a time to unwind, reflect, be enjoyable. It's a hobby. It's something you're doing for yourself and to, to basically recharge, to show up better than you were before, a better version of yourself. I think when you do that constantly, you, you end up doing the complete opposite right and it affects yeah. you in a negative way and i think that i resonate with what you just said greatly because i've been there yeah 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 you know i've known guys that got upset because the deer somebody else shot the deer well it's, i'm happy for them that's how i look at it they shot it i might have been hunting that deer but it crossed their path i'm happy for them <laughs> you know I don't. I don't put these uh, uh, these expectations on myself because you'll you'll never live up to that that expectation that you think if you put it on you. Um, and like you said, hunting is supposed to be something fun, you know. Um, and so I just take that, you know, every every. I'm, I'm just grateful for every opportunity I have that I'm able to go sit in the woods. If I see something no. great, if I don't, I had a good meditation, I guess. <laughs> I, love yeah. it. I think it's uh, some somebody somewhere uh, is going to listen to this and, and they're going to they're going to think twice, you know, about how they've uh, approached certain situations you know, after a failure. And I think it's important, everything that you just shared. And um, it certainly resonates with me. I want to then switch gears a little bit and I want to hear about I want you to tell us we love stories. We love hunting stories. Tell us about one of your top or a, a maybe top of mind memorable hunt that you haven't already shared with us? Huh. Well, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but there was the hunt that, um, the one about the buck coming down on the creek. I think that was my most memorable hunt. It was, it was being an animal doing what it needed to do to survive. That animal sent something that didn't belong there. It, it picked up my scent and he wanted to come my direction. I, I, you know, he wanted to cross the creek and come. You know, he was headed that way. But something, and that, that to me amazed. It was just amazing on what an animal. He's using all his senses, and his intuition, and his instinct. And if it did, it, did, it didn't line up, that animal left. And that, that for me was the the one that was most memorable. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, was was the one that I. I the, I did. I, I did not harvest an animal. He was a big buck. I didn't harvest him, but I walked away like that's awesome. I, I, I watched an animal do what he needed to do. Another memorable hunt that I never harvested one was in 2000. 
2014, I think we went up to the uh, TBG held a hunt in um, at Cooper's Creek, and I saw 13 bears that weekend. Uh, we were bear hunting, um, but they were all sows with, with cubs with uh, sows with cubs, and so you, we couldn't harvest them. Um, but that was that was one of my other memorable hunts. Wow. Those are good ones. Those are two great hunts that I think just continue to uh, keep everything aligned with what you're 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 talking about that is important to you and should be important to all of us uh, in how we measure success, uh, especially when it comes to um, putting too much pressure on ourselves. Uh, we already got plenty of that in everyday life, and I think that that yeah. just speaks uh, a true testimony as to you, you know you you living in uh, in just uh, your mindset and every day. And I think that's important. I want to ask you about just tips around management of careers with the balance of family. Uh, and then also this passion that does eat up a lot of our time, uh, being bow hunters, many tips you have for guys that are maybe younger or, or, you know, just started a family or thinking about it. Um, any kind of tips around that? Family comes first. Family comes first. Um, I think I was saying earlier about how uh, how Al mentored me, um, but when I started, um, I was eight up, and I I would find myself if it was a beautiful day and my wife wanted me to go do something, I would be in a bad mood because I could have been in the woods hunting. Um, and I was Al kind of sat me down and said, Crispin, families first. This, you will hunting with you know at the end of, at the end of the day that's what matters and the worst thing to you know to, if I had to go in the woods my wife's mad at me I can't have a good hunt I, I I wouldn't be able to have a good hunt because I'm sitting there and the whole thing is in my head doing that she's mad at me for whatever reason and I know some guys can get away with that but that would bother me um, but Al kind of sat me down it's like family comes first and and I, even though I knew that. Um, he would always say, Hey, you know, uh, did you buy your wife some flowers today? <laughs> you know, did you buy her flowers before we went hunting or whatever? Um, and so I just learned that family first. And so the, you know, over, and, and, and the good thing about it is that now I don't have, again, going back to those expectations is I don't feel like I am pressuring myself. I, I, I don't have any pressure on myself. If I don't get to go hunt, I don't get to go hunt. And my daughter is a teenager now. Um, and the last couple of years, I realized I'm only going to have her for a couple more years. So I'm all focused on that, you know, and, and, uh, and I think that's, that's how I balanced it mm. is, is, that's is first. That's, that's great advice. That's great advice. A lot of guys, man, a lot of guys I know personally will put getting in the woods over spending spending time with their family. And it's, um, I guess it's one thing we, we will all realize one day, but, uh, hopefully you realize it before it's, it's too late that, you know, the animals will be out there, you know, your kids, they don't stay at home forever. You're, if you stay out there with all the animals, your wife not, might not be at home when you get home. So it's, it's really, <laughs> important, to, it's that, really that important is, to manage your time. That is, that's exactly right. You know, and, you know, when my daughter was younger, she won't do it with me anymore, but when she was younger, I would take her out scouting with me. And she, I mean, 
she has really I think she has fond memories of going out and 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 we were scouting for turkey one one spring and you know and, and she found some pretty good sheds and and then uh, I had her I saw some sign I said okay had her call on the crow call and that dang thing gobble and we went out there and just a flock out the field and her eyes are watching her you know it, it was fun she won't do it with me anymore she used to go help me hang stands she doesn't do that anymore you know she's a teenager now so um well but, i can tell but, but, i can tell anyone listening if you have young kids or if you're if you're expecting young kids or even want them one day uh a year my son was born a year ago almost in a few days and i can tell you that it feels honestly like it happened a month ago so yeah, that yeah. time i can't get back and i'm i'm thankful that i have chose him over over hunting uh as much as i can um yeah but you don't get that back. Yeah, that's, so that's important. No, I mean the, the family time is. I've, I've missed the, the last. I've missed the last. Uh, going back to the trap. I mean, and I enjoyed with my trap family, but I've missed the last two state shoots because the family had responsibilities, and 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 I, and I, everybody understands that family comes first. You know, um, hunting. Like you said, hunting will be there. But you don't want to sacrifice your family for hunting or for rather, you know, your your job, your occupation, whatever family comes yeah, first. That's exactly um, right. That, yeah. And, and so for me, that's, you know, you, you'll have time to go hunt and you'll enjoy your hunts more when you know your family's OK with it. You know, and so that's, I, I, you know, I, I that comes first. Exactly um, right. I have learned it's hard for me, my personality, uh, very enjoy the fast paced environment. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be in a, uh, a role within my career that is very fast paced. Uh, and I like taking that same approach to my personal life. And it's hard being somebody who has a, a young child because it, it often it, it slows you if you want to be present uh in in their life and just being there you've got to do what they want to do and you're going at their pace and at first like becoming a dad i just it was hard for me i felt unproductive if i'm being honest and uh and yeah. now like being to the point to where uh emma is is going to be four in september i just go ahead and prepare myself like going into some of the weekends whatever she wants to do we're going to do you know if we're going to go outside and walk around and look for frogs or just go outside and just just hang out or go try to catch a fish like it's on her time and me being present and, and intentional in that moment is what truly matters and i think that uh it's been a good thing because like it's allowed me to kind of slow down or force me i should say to slow down and just be there and be in the moment and and it uh and honestly i think it does recharge your batteries uh even if you have the personality where that fast-paced environment uh, sometimes fills you up from an energy standpoint but it's it's fun. It's if it'll let you, if you will let things like that seasons in your life affect you and make you a better person or a better version of yourself. They often will. And God will set those yep. seasons up because he knows what you need before, you know. Right. Exactly. 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 And and and, uh, and I mean, again, it, it's paid off a lot. And, and so now I don't, um, you know, if I'm going to go hunt my, or, 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 you know, schedule a, uh, out of state hunt or whatever, my wife understands, you know? And so, um, I just, I just, the balance works out well, family first and then everything else takes second place. 
of forest hunting and work even, you know. Well, you have shared some amazing life tips, great woodsman tips, and, and just overall, like just the focus of your mindset and wh- where you want to show up in life and what's truly important to you. I think it, it, uh, it's something that we can all learn from and all try to embody and just be intentional about in our everyday life. And we have absolutely enjoyed every moment of our time with you tonight. Crispin and just want to say thank you and if you'll allow us we'd like to just go ahead and close it up in a quick word of prayer yes yes and 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 if we could pray to, for two of our our PBG uh brothers um Todd Cook and, and Dan Spears there um just keep them in our prayers we'll do Todd Cook and Dan Spears sure thing all right Dearly Father, we just come to you today, and we're just so grateful for just everything that you've given us, Lord. We are so thankful and just so fortunate for the day that you bless us with. I thank you for Crispin and, and the man he is and what he stands for and, and just putting you at the center point of his life. And it shows um, just by the way he shows up every day and his positive outlook and knowing that that and what he puts first should be all of our priorities and that we need to continue to focus on that. And sometimes in certain points of our life, we get pulled away um, and we lose focus at what truly is a priority. And we ask that you just be patient with us and just put people in our life or moments in our life that will urge us back to the right things that should be the priority in our life, Lord, and just uh, allow us just to be present uh, and just soak up the moments that we get to experience in this wonderful thing called bow hunting that we are blessed to be able to do lord just let us uh, always remember what the most important thing is is that we're able to be out there and that you've uh, blessed us with all these amazing creatures that we're able to pursue and just know what the right thing is to measure as as it comes to success um, i ask that you just continue to guide crispin in his life uh, through his professional and personal journey just be with his family his health i want to pray for two members Uh, part of the TBG group, Lord, just Todd Cook and Dan Spears, just be with them, Lord, just continue to put their hands on them and and guide them right now in this, uh, this tough season in their life, Lord, and be with uh, everybody that's around them. If there's an opportunity, Lord, for us to be able to pour into them and others that are in their close circle, just let them see that, uh, let them not be shy and let those uh, two brothers just be able to embrace that, uh, just to care that other people and not be prideful uh, in that moment, Lord. And I just, I thank you so much uh, for the opportunity that you've given us to just have a platform to to talk about you freely and about the other thing that we love and that being bow hunting and traditional bow hunting specifically. And I ask that anybody out there that's needing to hear this, just be with them, Lord, and, and know that we're here for them. And uh, and that we just uh, put your hand, our hands on them in your light, Lord. And we just thank you so much for everything you've given us. You're so wonderful, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys, Thanks. for having me on. I, I do appreciate it. No, thank you, Crispin. We appreciate you more than yeah. anything you know. We hope you have a great evening, and we look forward to some upcoming hunts we'll get to have with you. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah.